Welcome to the Annie Gamers Podcast. This is episode number 77, recorded on Wednesday, May 3rd, 2017. I'm your host, David Estrella, also known as QX20XX. And I am David Estrella's uh, very loyal lackey, Evan, at signed Vampvo Minto. Uh, actually, oh, wait, I'm sorry. We were, we were body swapped for a second. We're back to Ooh. our normal bodies now. Uh. Uh. Oh, wait, I couldn't touch my own dick in the meantime. Oh, damn. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm Evan Minto, and that's David Estrella. Yeah, so we're back. We're 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 back. We're back. We're we're back in our normal bodies, and we are here to talk to you guys about uh about your name. We're actually not going to do a ton of uh, other discussion this episode. Our main topic will be your name, Kimi no Nawa, the new Makoto Shinkai movie. Yeah, we're cut. We're cutting out all the bullshit, getting straight to the point. Well, maybe we're not going straight to the point. I mean, like, what what what's up, David? What have you been up to? In just very very briefly. <laughs> well, guess who's going to Anime Expo for the first time? Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, is it is it you? It, it's it's me. Okay. <laughs> it's me. Oh, I'm so I'm so I'm so just hyped pumped up get to see like literally every idol come up to the concert yeah you get to see like, the famous idol evan vampo minto uh you get to see idol dylan hazakari kielman yeah i'm hoping for uh i'm hoping for a duet at karaoke a very drunken uh karaoke duet from you too karaoke duet 35 is in fact in new york city so you're not going to be able to get to that place uh in los <laughs> angeles it's our like go to New York karaoke place. At least it was last time I was living in the area. I don't know if everybody still goes to duet. Oh uh, well, uh, for uh, Vertical Ed's departure from being Vertical Ed to just being regular Ed, we went to a Brooklyn karaoke joint. And Which one? They, What's it called? Insa in Brooklyn. Uh, it's uh, like is a, that a Korean it's place? Korean yeah. barbecue, and in the back there's the karaoke. But yeah, I, I went there with uh, I went there with Dave and Grotz from from Fast Karate and stuff. Yeah, but they, uh, I guess they mixed up the rooms, so we got the 12-person closet, and we were like a 30-man strong group. Damn. So, yeah, let's not, let's not go to Brooklyn, guys. Dang, you guys, like, sent Ed off real good. (laughs) Well, I don't know, I kind of like, you know, I saw what the room was like, and that room doesn't have Japanese, it doesn't have the Japanese songs, or at least it doesn't have the booklet. So, oh, so yeah, yeah, but you you screwed up because you didn't have all the songs written down on your phone, like with all the numbers, which is what I do. Yeah, I messed up. I messed up really bad. I think it uses the same songbook as uh, as Duet Thirty Five. I, I also I track that, so I make sure I know if like a place uses the same songbook, so I can reuse the numbers. It's <laughs> a, a very good good life hack, Evan. I'm insane. Write down your numbers. I'm an insane karaoke person. <laughs> <laughs> now I really want to see you do a drunken duet with Dylan. I don't know what we'd sing. Uh, I, Dylan probably likes bad songs. I'm making you sing some idol songs, Evan, so you better start learning them. There's only one good idol song ever, and it's uh, Do You Remember Love from Macross. Well, you know you know what? The Macross lady is also coming up to AX, so That's maybe true. we can like work something out. It's Mari Ijima is coming, right? Yeah. Yeah. Macross lady. The Macross lady. Yeah. yeah she it's hasn't, like the log lady I, from Twin she... Peaks, but it's the Macross lady. I feel like she hasn't done that much. In a very long time, but she she's Min May, so that's that's an important thing to have done with your life. Uh, anyway, as for me, I've been uh, I've been I made a video game. <laughs> I did, he the, did I did Ludum Dare. I did a forty eight hour game jam, and I participated in the the compo part of it. So uh, that's the part where 
you only have 48 hours and you have to do everything on your own and it's all has to be from scratch and i drove myself insane for a weekend and made a game uh and i'll probably i'll drop that in the the show notes if people want to go play it it's about a hamster and it's like a circular platformer it's kind of fun it's janky but i i'm very <laughs> out of practice and it i made it in two days so we all love janky here at the uh, the agp yeah yeah uh that's i mean if you don't like janky i don't know why you're listening to this show anyway that's that's what we're up to let's get into talking about this this dang movie that it's everybody's dang. talking about that's super popular Shinkai blockbuster international like just phenomenon broke broke all the records sold like a billion tickets what the hell Evan yeah so I mean that's that's like a big part of the story here right it's it's more than just reviewing the movie because it's I mean this this movie your name in in English uh, Kimi no Nawa in Japanese it's huge right it's more than it's enormous mean, in Japan it's the the well last i checked the fourth highest selling like highest grossing film in japan ever like live action or animated domestic or foreign just period right it might have even gotten up to three you know number three or something but it was like right under frozen last time i checked so it's that kind of level of blockbuster and it also was huge in the rest of asia i think right in in china and stuff uh and and in the u.s i think it did about 4.5 million uh in like it grossed 4.5 million in the u.s which is respectable the top 10 did it you think okay i didn't i don't know now we're just talking about it was close (laughs) i might have i might be talking out of my ass anyway suffice to say it's an extremely popular movie uh, and it's from this director, Makoto Shinkai, who a lot of you are probably familiar with. Uh, he directed uh, Voices of a Distant Star, The Place Promised in Our Early Days, Five Centimeters Per Second, Garden of Words. I forgot to list the other one, which is Children Who Chase Lost Voices. Uh, oh, we'll, we'll give you a pass for forgetting. It's a little a little bit forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but Shinkai was already fairly successful from some of his other movies, right? A lot of them were sort of cultural phenomena in some form or another, right? I, I believe that there were, 
I remember hearing about like when Garden of Words came out, there were people making like pilgrimages to the locations from it because it takes place in like Shinjuku Gyoen. Yeah, well, you're not going like some crazy like backwoods location to right. make a pilgrimage out to these places. They're basically in your neighborhood if you live in Tokyo. Right, which is which is a notable thing about Shinkai and his directing style is he's he's very much about taking real places and and being very very accurate about how he depicts them and sort of like placing characters in these ordinary locations like the areas that like five centimeters takes place in are are like places that he is super familiar with personally uh and that's what part of what i think has made his movies very popular is is this like very strong connection with like real japan as opposed to being you know entirely wrapped up in like fantasy locations and things like that and so it's made the give made them sort of mainstream accessible uh, which is also notable because for like further context on Shinkai, he started as this super indie director. So his first uh, his first couple of works, I think, but most notably Voices of a Distant Star is animated entirely by him. Uh, just like I think he made it on his his Power Mac G4 or something. Yes, the classic G4. That's right. Yeah, that, that nice like uh, aqua <laughs> colored, like weird alien looking Mac. And well, that was the G3. Oh, was it? Was the G4 not that? The the G4 is the, uh, I think that was like the um, chrome doors or something like that. I thought that was the G5. I don't even remember. It's been a while. The G5's got the grill. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, yeah. uh, So he animated it entirely himself. And then it was, uh, it was him and his girlfriend at the time, I think, who did all like all the voice acting. Right. So he's this, he he left a a job at a, as like a 3d animator on video games or something a 3d artist for video games and basically was like all right i'm gonna make anime and so he's this interesting figure who didn't kind of work his way up through the traditional rungs of the japanese animation industry he just sort of wanted to make anime and was a pretty exceptionally talented artist and just did it right and and sort of yeah worked his way from there it kind of sucks because he he's like that story is entirely what we're trying to what people try to feed us now when it's like yeah just quit your do- job just just do it man just like you got a dream just go ahead and do it doesn't matter if you, you know you can't pay your rent or whatever you'll find a way to you know just do it right the thing that people forget is shinkai like uh, right off the bat was it just an incredibly talented artist like voices <laughs> of a distant star just it showcases this command of of like color design and any and, and uh, I, I would argue the storytelling isn't necessarily the most polished it could be, but it's it's still got a, a pretty big like emotional punch to it and stuff. Like for the for this guy who had never made you know any long form anime before, right? Yeah, and maybe he's bullshitting us, but he also says he doesn't have any formal training. Right. <laughs> yeah, I remember we with had, any sort of art. <laughs> we like asked him that at Otakon or something. Yeah, and he was he was like, yeah, I didn't have any formal art training. I just sort of decided. Sure, I wanted to do it. guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, the interesting thing about this movie is that it is the just very much the you you could argue some of his other movies are this, but this is a, like without a doubt his biggest like you know sort of major label debut of all. This is this is the the mainstream Shinkai hit. We, we that's like a lot of context about Shinkai and about the the popularity of the movie, which we'll get into why we think it's popular. But uh, what is this thing about? David, I'm going to leave this to you. So your name is, it's kind of weird 
because it crosses time and space. It's a body swap sort of movie, but it's also a bunch of things after you get the initial, you know, the initial body swapping thing. So I feel like it's like you put it really you put it really well, Evan, where it's like it feels like three different plot lines in one movie. That's in, in my review, right? I think well, you'll, we'll probably end up quoting a little bit from that as we go. Right. So I think that's what they try to sell this movie as in the in the um, in the trailers where it's a uh, a kid, a, like a student in the city who swapped bodies with this girl out in the country. And for a good part of the movie, it's them trying to adjust to like what what's exactly happening? How does this body swap work? And at the moment where you think that they've got it figured out, it kind of turns on you and it becomes something remarkably different. Yeah, and I think we are going to spoil it. So for because because there's some twists, there's there's definitely some some pretty major shakeups in the the expectations that, that you have, like as an audience member coming in. So before we get to the spoiler bit, I think we'll just briefly kind of for people who don't want to spoil it and and maybe want to get a a quick sort of thumbs up thumbs down on whether they should check it out. I'm not super into it as much as as a lot of other people are. I think David you like the movie quite a lot. Yeah, when when I got out of that theater, that was I felt like that was a really remarkable film that I had just sat through. Like there was a very there was a very strong response inside of that theater. Oh yeah, no, I mean it, it, the theater I went to, a lot of people were definitely pretty emotional at the end of it, which is another very common thing with Shinkai movies. He tends to tell sometimes kind of the same story uh, over and over <laughs> about like often yeah. these sort of star-crossed lovers, uh, people who are separated by time and or space, and have this very kind of classical desperate search for one another. So that sort of, you know, I think works very well for a lot of people uh, and, and a lot of his previous work. I, I thought it worked pretty well. But what I will say, though, is despite the fact that and we'll get into why, despite the fact that I, I feel like it's a little bit sort of disjointed sometimes, uh, I think it is worth seeing. I think it's it has a lot going for it. Oh, yeah. No, you compare it. You compare it to any. You compare it to most any other anime film uh, that's been released within like the last five years or so. And it it it, it stands out. Like on a technical level, definitely it stands out. It's a really gorgeous film to just gaze upon. Yeah, yeah, and and I think storytelling wise, uh, it it's a lot of fun. It's it kind of has pretty consistent. I don't know, consistency maybe not the right word, but pretty compelling pacing. Like it doesn't really get boring at any point. It's like a pretty fun thing to to sit through, and, and it sort of takes you through all these different emotional arcs. So even though I think it's it's sort of flawed at times, it's uh, it's something I think people should check out. And I think you probably will get some amount of enjoyment from it, even if, like me, you you found it to be a little dissatisfying and, sometimes. And yeah, and also, literally, everybody has seen this movie at this yeah. point. If you haven't, if you <laughs> haven't watched it, you're right. really missing out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That said, to give a little bit more summary of the the spoilery parts of this, there's sort of three main acts to the movie. And the first act is what David described, which is this body swap comedy that sort of develops into a romance as it goes on, and. There's like a sort of major breaking point where the characters stop swapping bodies and it's not really clear why that's happened. Uh, and I believe it's been a little bit since I've seen it. So I'm trying to remember where exactly the the break happens here. But there's basically a the, there's there's a very world changing event. Sure. Right, right, right. Um, that 
that one of the characters witnesses and that's where the break happens and then it becomes like kind of a mystery road trip sort of yeah movie. that's what i was going to say is the second act is like this road trip out to the countryside for the and we sort of in in that section we follow just the the boy from from tokyo and it's him trying to track down this girl so his name is uh taki and her name is mitsuha so it's it's taki trying to find this town that he was you know living in as mitsuha when they swapped bodies and that sort of leads into the second major twist of the movie, which is the reason why they stopped swapping bodies is because they were not actually at the same. This is where things get weird and esoteric. <sighs> they were not at the same time in in history. Uh, they were, what, three years or two years apart? Yeah, something like that. And and so like they were swapping back and forth in space and time. The girls in the past, the boys in the future. And the last thing that you see of her in the first act is this uh, this comet that they've been predicting is going to you know pass by the Earth, and uh, what what you discover is that a, a part of the comet broke off and crashed near her town and and wiped out a large portion of the town, including Mitsuha, and that sort of leads to the third act, which is this quest on partially on be like on uh, Taki's part, and then partially like like Mitsuha kind of comes in part way through it to both for them to like meet each other which has been the goal of of uh, like sort of since the beginning of the second act as well as to like save mitsuha and the rest of the town from being killed by the comet and this is what i mean by it's three different movies like these are distinctly different conflicts and goals for these characters there's a thread running through them of like this romance between them but uh, I sometimes feel, and this is where like my my criticism comes in. I sometimes feel like that doesn't bind it together well enough, and it's a little bit jumps back and forth between like, what am I caring about at any given moment in this movie? Like, what are what is the characters actually striving for right now? So even though Evan will uh, find issues with the structure, many, many, many millions of other people did <laughs> right, not. Right, right. <laughs> well, I mean, so you did you liked it? I guess you 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 felt that the structure worked. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I thought it was really just fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, from the standpoint of, like, this is mainstream cinema. Like, people wouldn't dare to make a film like this in live action, let alone anime. And that Shinkai could actually get away with it and have, like, a, d- a clearly defined top five highest grossing film in Japan because of his work. Like, I think that merits, like, some sort of, you know, appreciation on my part. Yeah, so that's that's an interesting thing. Like, I, I absolutely appreciate the ambition of it, right? Like, it, it's cool that there's this attempt to, to bind all these pieces together. I just often, uh, like, p- part of it is also, like, the, the focus on the, the two protagonists and then having one of the protagonists drop out sort of, like, screws some of the, the pacing and the characterization up, uh, especially because... Uh, Taki's not a character and so like spending a third of the movie just with Taki starts to be like oh okay now I'm realizing the thing that's true of most of Shinkai's movies which is that his male characters don't have like a ton going on they're sort of just like there they don't have a ton going on because their their female counterpart is missing right (laughs) but I mean like even even when Mitsuha is there Taki has he's, he's got a bit of personality uh, but but Mitsuha sort of dwarfs him in terms of like actually having a she she has more like dimensions to her character than than Taki does. Yeah. Right. I mean, in terms of character, it definitely worked a lot better when they were switching around in bodies. Right. Because it like gave this contrast. And when it's just him, you start to realize yeah, that he's just a... sort of like 
he just his whole thing is wants to meet mitsuha and it's like well what what else is going on with this character right <laughs> and yeah once they meet up again it gets more interesting and like mitsuha has uh has far more interesting friends too right she's got this uh this like couple that she's friends with i, I guess I wasn't sure if they were like brother and sister at first, and then I, it became clear that they were they were a couple. The the I can't remember their names, but the the girl and the the guy that that Mitsuha is always hanging out with, right? So like she just has a more colorful group of people around her. She's got her sister, who's super well, great. I felt like that was the Miyazaki connection there, where it's like life in the countryside is more hmm. appealing than life in the city. Yeah, so that sort yeah, of you get ties that? into the the structure too, which I think is interesting. So there's a there's a like like I mentioned with there being multiple different parts to the the movie that don't always connect but sometimes do and like clearly Shinkai is trying to connect them all uh a, there's a really big theme to it that is sort of parallel to the the romance and arguably ties in sometimes which is this theme of I guess there there's two there's two parts to this but I think they're related of like you know city and country right and this uh from people I know who are a little more familiar with like, you know, contemporary Japanese society, I understand that there's a there's a sort of fear of like Japanese traditions uh, disappearing as as people move from the countrysides to, you know, from from country towns and things into the, the city or cities. Right. But Tokyo is such a major city that it kind of is the city for Japan. Right. Right. Yeah. And like there's definitely an element of that of like preserving traditional culture they they do a, a they like do a, this like shrine this like i guess it's like a shinto sort of ritual in their their town shrine uh involving these these threads these like traditional threads that they weave which ties ties into this oh, yeah. sort of connection between that's the a very characters. that's a very subtle it's a very subtle metaphor those threads <laughs> a subtle metaphor that is repeated <laughs> over and over throughout the movie it it, took, it actually took me a little while to like, you know, pick up on all that because there's because it is like a pretty briskly paced movie, and so like I was kind of like, oh god, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the threads are supposed to be like tying the characters together. Got it. Like, got it. <laughs> yeah, but it, but I mean, there's this thing about like you know Mitsuha wants to go to the city, right? She's bored by this town. She complains it doesn't have a it doesn't even have a, a cafe or whatever, right? And there's this this element of of like she is responsible for maintaining the cultural traditions of her hometown, but she sort of just like wants to get out of it, right? She doesn't want to be involved in this stuff. And then the the comet sort of is the, I mean, it's a incredibly blatant metaphor for similar natural disasters, yeah. such as the the uh, like three eleven earthquake and tsunami, and and then the you know subsequent mm -hmm. Fukushima disaster. So it's this idea that that these towns are are like threatened by both this like migration or this like sort of emigration as well as from yeah. just being literally wiped off the face of the earth and like if they are wiped off the face of the earth all of that tradition and culture disappears right yeah that comments entirely for the dramatic tension because otherwise you already know that this these cultures are just going to erode away on their own by time like in the at the at the end of the movie, she she's already moved out. <laughs> oh, no, I know, city. I know, I know. Like she doesn't give a shit. <laughs> this is part of the problem. This is, I mean, this this ties back in there. So I think I just want to say I think that the theme of like the the three eleven angle is is like kind of I I do find that kind of beautiful and it it 
Shinkai's like whole, you know, characters desperately running to find each other. It's it's getting a little old. I mean, I like it a lot in five centimeters, but like when it's applied, not like he applies it to a romantic situation, just like usual in this movie. But the I do like that a big element of it isn't just these characters trying to find each other so they can like smooch. Right. It's it's trying to save this town and by extension, save this culture from annihilation. Right. And like it definitely feels like this ode to 311. Right. Of like like what if it's very, very it's very like wish fulfillment. But like what if we could go back in time and save all of the people who died in the tsunami? Right. It's very much that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that to me is like Mm -hmm. much more beautiful and like poignant than what if I could meet this guy who i like right <laughs> like, and then possibly smooch yeah. <laughs> that was a big running joke of mine where it's like this are it, it's happened guys finally uh shinkai is finally gonna let his characters bang at the end of the yeah, film yeah uh, and <sighs> i had no idea that they actually did though they probably bang right there's no confirmation that they, they, they did they totally did it was like it was so implied that at the end of the film they banged yeah kind of so <laughs> <laughs> he's not even arguing with uh, yeah me. They, they probably bang at the end of your name is what I, look, look they bang at the end of your name Conf- look, it's confirmed on. here on the end of game it happened so, you know david there were people listening to this being like this is weird i've been listening to this podcast for like 25 episodes because let's be real people are not going back and listening to the crappy episodes before episode 50 uh and they're like why aren't they talking about banging yet they're just like seriously discussing the themes of this film <laughs> Who, what did they did someone body swap with both of the hosts and replace them with real <laughs> podcast hosts i hate to disappoint oh <laughs> uh, you know we stick to the tried and true values of the uh the anti-gamers podcast yeah, yeah, here yeah, yeah. there's not a lot of violence no there's um, not yeah in in uh your name there's actually there is no banging on screen though uh, but there is groping, and it's actually one of the funniest. Oh. It is one of, like, as much as I don't like, you know, jokes about, like, sexual harassment or whatever in anime, it, it's kind of one of the most charming jokes in the whole movie is, like, this re- this repeating it, it joke so that, like, every it, time Taki ends up in Mitsuha's body and wakes up, he ends up just, like, groping her boobs, and then, like, her sister walks in on her and goes, like, Mitsuha's being weird. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> Oh, it's just puberty. Yeah, it's 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 and actually that that's a notable thing is it's way funnier than anything Shinkai's ever done. Yeah, it's I, I was dying in so many different gags. The first the first act is hilarious. Yeah, like all the all the gags with the two of them swapping bodies and it has like some kind of commentary on gender roles and stuff and like just sort of seeing the seeing those those gender roles kind of like mapped onto each other in interesting yeah. ways is great it's like so, misuha so, sews yeah. sews up a you know taki's female co-worker's like skirt when it gets like ripped or something because you know you know and then she's like wow and i then, didn't realize you had a feminine side taki and like, then she completely like just like just changes his life right. in a way by like introducing him to this co-worker that he was so nervous to talk about because yeah. he was himself and he could not do it yeah. without mitsu's perspective yeah and like and on the flip side it's like you know people are making fun of mitsuha and then taki just sort of like gets super aggressive and intimidates them (laughs) (laughs) and like that sort of stuff is great and and it's honestly i mean it's very similar i think to a lot of the appeal of like something like yamada kun and the seven witches which just just has a very like both of them i think have a very authentic very funny 
idea of what would happen if you actually had these teenagers swapping bodies, right? And it's just they'd kind of like, you know, there'd be some they there would be some good things they'd be able to do for each other and some just sort of dumb funny stuff that they do because they're stupid teenagers right and they'd like get angry right. at each other because they're and that's a big part is they're like oh you're ruining my life like we got to set up rules for how you do this right so it's very yeah it, it has a really good set of rules actually yeah just like a, a system where it's like randomly it seems to like randomly happen a few days every week right so that's yeah so that's the thing about this that's a little that that <laughs> I, it didn't bother me too much, but it bothered some people I talked to. Is that the way, like the mechanics of the body swapping and the the sort of supernatural framework of it, is not super well established. It sort of just gets hand waved so that Shinkai can move the plot along. There, yeah, there's definitely some hand waving going on. Like when do they swap bodies, right? And which is not too big a deal that that's not established, but it's like sort of randomly sometimes when they go to sleep. They swap bodies, right? The weirder thing is he's he's got this thing to it where like uh because it happens while they're dreaming, they sort of forget after a while what happened or whatever, right? So like like Taki in the second act starts to forget things about Mitsuha. And it's kind of just a crutch so that Shinkai can like create conflict where there wouldn't otherwise be conflict. Because like if Taki didn't forget Mitsuha just sort of by supernatural coincidence. He would, for example, not need to search everywhere for the town because he could Google the name of the town because he was living <laughs> in it as Mitsuha, right? <laughs> like, or like the, they would figure out that they're not in the same time period because they would attempt to call each other on their cell phones and it wouldn't work. So right? instead of instead of using Google, he learns how to draw. Right, exactly. He visits. He visits a museum, uh, which happens to have an installation of of uh, drawings of this town, and then he just learns, right? Yeah, like that's what this that's is. What a happened? Very good example, and I think this is a very Shinkai thing of where like the emotional logic works. It's just if you stop to think about any of the actual logic, it breaks down. It's like it it. it it moves at enough of a pace where you're kind of like, ah, right, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, cool, yeah. this feels right. And Keep then you going. stop and you're like, no, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, <laughs> that doesn't really work at all. And I don't, I don't care about there needing to be some sort of, you know, concrete explanation for the body swapping itself, really. And it, it ends up being something very supernatural. It's tied into the culture, like, of the, the town and this, uh, you know, it's, it's not really explained as anything particular other than just sort of, like, Shinto... <laughs> gods sort of doing things shinto like i don't know enough about shinto right but there's like spirits and things that govern the way that shinto operates and like it it's kind of just seems to be that right that they they connect people at these sort of fateful moments and they've previously done it to sort of save the town from another disaster right from a previous comet i think is was what the it turns out there was like another comet that landed right and it was like an attempt to save the town from a second comet by these supernatural forces and i'm like that's cool i don't need an explanation like it's it's a super arbitrary decision on the gods to just make two teenagers completely unrelated to them swap bodies so that they can eventually figure out how to prevent the comet from right falling on the town that is definitely the sort of thing where i stop worrying right because that's like I'm I'm all right now with that I'm sort thinking of, too oh, much. It's the unknowable gods, whatever. Like it's it's you know fate works in mysterious ways. That's kind of okay. It's just when you get down to like, okay, but what? But what? Just talking. Just kid doesn't know where. No, no. It's just like talk. Really, talking. Just 
he just doesn't know the name of the town like he never looked at the name of the town when it was nobody said the name while they were talking they just said this here what did the school be named like with the name of the town uh so some of that stuff is like it it's a little weird and and that sort of undercut some of it for me when i started to think about it like a little bit and it's um to be clear this is not me overthinking it i don't like i don't think this did not take very much stopping and like overthinking it to go wait a sec this doesn't make sense I don't know how believable the romance is. Uh, I on a certain level, it's not like as strong as the uh, as the two other major ones, which I felt are uh, five centimeters per second in Garden of Words. So okay, so Garden of Words absolutely has the most. As much as I have some issues with the fact that it's a movie that glorifies pedophilia, Garden of Words has the most believable romance because it's the most well established of any of his movies in terms of like establishing these two characters as people with distinct personalities who th- their personalities complement each other in ways that are believable. Right. Where you're like, Oh, I get why they like each other. Five centimeters. Uh, it's, it's the second act is better at that, but mostly like five centimeters is, is another emotional logic thing where I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I mean, there's not really a ton of establishment of like why these characters, like why this main character would care so much about this girl, but it's just like, it's fine because it doesn't, doesn't really get into all the, like, I don't know. I feel like that movie doesn't require that to be explained because it's not about why he likes her. It's about what liking her does to him. Right. And so, like, that doesn't matter so much. It works fine. And I like that movie a lot. Five Centimeters is my favorite of, of Shinkai's work. I think this, it does kind of work. But <laughs> maybe Shinkai sort of just uses the body swapping as a crutch, though. Because the more I think about it, like, there's not a ton of establishing why they would like each other. It's just that the body and... swapping provides enough of a cover for it where you're like, well, that would make sense yeah. that they would eventually like each other after, like, oh. spending all this time in each other's bodies and getting to know each other. That's not crazy <sighs> to think that. I felt like Shinkai just made a Shinkai movie happen out of convenience at these characters. Right. Yes. Because he needed, yeah, he just like needed to have that final, that final act just coalesce for the Shinkai climax at the end. This is the thing that throws me off about the movie. I like if I were, you know, doing this, which of course, like this is the dumb way to, to do this is to say if I were making the movie, but it's like what I would sort of prefer is for the movie to be much more focused on the disaster and like have the desperate desperate search be a desperate search to save this person and not necessarily to save them so you can bang them right like like it i don't think it needed to be a romance and the romance kind of it makes it like way too individual it puts too much of like a weird ulterior motive on something that should just be like trying to protect a person who you care about because you care about them but not because like not with this additional like, but also I want to meet them and and kiss them, right? Like, but it's also, it's also because um, Taki was there and he got to experience the whole town for himself. And if I'm to believe the movie in the way that it's portrayed, it's a really it's a really great town to grow up in. Yeah, but but I I feel like, and maybe I admit, maybe this sort of just didn't connect with me. I feel like there's a lot of emphasis put on saving mitsuha and not saving the town like saving the town is obviously it becomes a focus for sure right and that 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 part of the movie i find to be pretty compelling i liked the sort of them rushing to evacuate the town and stuff like that i just mean that like the 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 arc of the movie as a whole 
is about their romance, not about the town. And the romance just sort of happens. Right, right. And I feel like it's not the strongest thing for the movie to, like, hang its hat on, right? You know, with the fondling, <laughs> I mean, I guess. I guess, sure, I can believe, like, after they swap bodies enough times that they, you know, they're comfortable with each other's bodies in many it's regards. not just bodies, right? I mean, comfortable, like, they've lived each other's lives. And that there's something poetic to that, right, of, like... In, in while fondling way. each other's while bodies, each other's which bodies. is also just kind of it's it, it, are we gonna get into the horniness about you can this get film? into the horniness uh oh wait wait sorry uh i got i just got a call from um from david uh bestrea it's my uh, horniness correspondent uh hey D- david do you have uh some thoughts on the the horniness in this movie this is shinkai's horniest film uh i was i'm about to establish that most of the romance is entirely just because they uh enjoyed each other's bodies enough when they were swapped because he makes such a big point that you know they're in their bodies or rather they're in the other person's bodies and they're not even out of the bed yet and they just realize like all these extra bits attached to them right Uh am i right evan he (laughs) Shinkai Shinkai is so smart because if this was like a real sort of situation it first of all we're going to notice the physical changes. Yeah. So Shinkai doesn't do like like a really smooth swerve past like, you know, the uh the more uh spicy bits. He actually just goes head on confronts the fact that the guy is inside of a body that has breasts on it. David, I hate to break uh, David. Sorry, uh, Horniness correspondent David. Uh, I hate to break it to you, but uh, pretty much every body swap anime I've ever seen does that. Every body swap anime, right? Yeah. But like this, <laughs> I mean, this is like Shinkai's major motion picture debut. Yeah. Right. Like I felt like maybe his previous work didn't indicate that he wanted to go in this direction. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, he's definitely always been... He, he Like, he's just a, like a classier sort of guy, but then he goes into this film. He tells very platonic love stories, right? I mean, five centimeters per second, and there's an implication that, like, maybe something happened in the, in the shed, in no, the no. snow or whatever, but no. it's very, very tasteful or whatever. It's like, no, just don't... Something might have happened, but it doesn't matter. What matters is how they feel about each other right like yeah no it's not it's not lewd at all and then your name comes along and it's it confronts it yeah which and i i, I think it's i mean as much as i like the tastefulness or whatever of five centimeters uh i think it works very well for the comedy it makes it feel a little more like real or whatever that they're they're right? kind of just these dumb teenagers like honestly like between shinkai's fixation on feet yes, and yeah. the whole thing like the feet return is there a foot return? Okay, is this, there is, a this is the foot returns of, of Shinkai right here. Is, where, where do the, where is, um... It's the opening the shot feet. for the very first instance of body swap, where he starts on a foot shot. Oh. He starts on a bare foot, and then he pans up to the, you know, the rest of the body. Yeah, you know, you know, Shinkai wears his heart on his, his, um pants leg it's like wearing your heart on your sleeve but he's just he's much more focused on the on the feet in this case right so you know it's just it's a 
is that Shinkai wasn't afraid to approach the uh, the physicality of the actual the body swap bits, and it's not in like a cartoonish slapstick sort of way where a lot of other body swap bits like. You well, know. certainly not like it's not actually sexualized really in like in in the way it's portrayed. Like it's obviously has a sexual component, but it's like sort of it's like an outside looking in thing, right? It's like look at this character who is you know having this sort of like sexual thing but it's not like the way a lot of anime will sort of play it up for that right it's not fan servicey no and that's why you've got the uh the shots where you you you, you're out of the room and then the little sister comes up to slide the door open and ask the the girl to you know get up it's time to go to school and then you know she's just plowing away (laughs) at her boobs yeah actually like it, it works particularly well and doesn't feel creepy because the you kind of identify with the little sister Right, you're sort of like what? Because now, <laughs> yeah. now you're, yeah, and it's and it's not like you've got like the like like this like you know like really like steamy sort of angle to it, or right. like it doesn't put in any like ridiculous boing <laughs> sound effects. It's like it, it's just it's just a it's just this these hands they just they're just gyrating on on the on the breast, and that's and that's I it. Can't, it's I just, can't believe we're spending this much time goes, just talking about this one thing, like. Because this one thing is like it's just it's a huge hang up, like this, like the one of the, somebody somebody asked like how is Shinkai gonna top this and I really doubt, I really doubt that he will be able to because this was like the right, this was like a such a subtle like just very thin line between like just going to like do his like usual like really tasteful and reserved sort of style and then like you know shinkai's you know sort of dirty honesty <laughs> about what he would imagine like shinkai. uh somebody yeah like the real shinkai versus the, like the 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 mask that shinkai puts on for the rest of the people which is something like five centimeters per second so like five centimeters per second is the mask and then yeah, five centimeters uh, your per second name is, is well i guess it's the other way around i was gonna say five centimeters five centimeters per second is bruce wayne uh and your name is batman <laughs> <laughs> uh okay that that's enough of that uh thank you so much david let's uh david was david uh kind of stepped away but i think he's back to the microphone now whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah sorry you you missed that but it was a really What's good up? conversation about the the horniness in uh, in your name uh oh, i missed it anyway <laughs> We should talk about the ending. We sort of alluded to it a little bit. Mm. The ending of the movie is the goddamn ending to five centimeters per second, but just with the, the very end of it changed. And I was like incredibly pissed at the end of the movie. <laughs> I was I was like fuming in my seat and other people were crying and they're like, oh, my God, it's so emotional. And I was like, fucking Shinkai, you already made this movie and it was better the first time. Why are you making it again? It's a crutch, is what it he is. He made the same thing again. It's the same thing. It's got the trains passing. So for we're spoiling five centimeters, which we forgot we were gonna like. I, I forgot to mention that. Spoiler alert for five centimeters per second. At the end of five centimeters per second, the this character's been like chasing after this girl, and he's an idiot because she doesn't remember him because she grew up like a real adult. And uh, he, well, you don't know that yet, right? But I mean, they. They haven't been in contact or whatever. And I guess it was like before cell phones, right? Shinkai more intelligently in that movie decides to set it in at a time period where the characters are not just going to be able to like call each other up. 
Are you sure about that? I thought they had the uh, the the uh, sky tree or whatever it's called out. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure they don't have cell phones at the beginning of the movie, and then they they have cell phones in like the there's three acts to that one. Well, three three like separate uh, short films in the case of Five Centimeters, not so much three acts, but uh, they in the second film in there they have cell phones, but I think it's established that they didn't have them at the beginning, and then they did later. It was like at the I think probably at the cusp of like when cell phones were catching on or something and he has her number right he's in the in the second part of five centimeters the part of the the plot of it that's like revealed near the end the big twist is he's been like writing texts that he hasn't been sending to her vaguely remember yeah something something like that that. so i I think it's sort of implied that he has her number but like doesn't text her back or whatever or it doesn't she they have they haven't talked right he's like afraid to do it or whatever anyway he passes by presumably her but you don't you see her face directly like, you know, in uh, Shibuya. I've been to those train tracks because I'm a nerd. And he's like passes by on these train tracks and then he turns around and she turns around and then the train passes and then another train passes because Shinkai is just like a jerk to his character. And uh, he, he stands there and waits and then the train passes and then she's not there. That's why five centimeters per second is a great movie because the uh, he sort of smiles a bit as he walks away. And it's like the plot, like the whole point of that whole movie is like, don't pine after your childhood friend. Grow up, be an adult. Surprisingly, (laughs) surprisingly, a lot of people miss the smile at the end. I missed it. Yeah, it's like really important that it's basically he's been haunted by the memory of this girl from elementary school. And the fact that she that he waited longer than she did for the train uh proves to him that like she has moved on and it helps him to move on it's very very important what your name does is it just does that scene again and they like meet on the stairs instead of meeting by the like at this train tracks and then they just turn around and and meet each other and everything works out and it's it's just like the same it's literally literally has like almost shot for shot just like the characters walking through the same sort of area or what looks like a similar area of shibuya or whatever and it's just like it's very, very frustrating to see the same thing done again, but with a much less interesting uh, ending. I don't even like five centimeters per second that much, but I thought it was like it was a nice kind of closing remark on on the, this body of work that Shinkai has uh, created over the years. I feel like the next the next <laughs> Shinkai ever... movie is not going to be like this. <laughs> no, no. Everybody says that. Everybody thinks that it's each one is the last time he's gonna do it, and then he does it again. Well, that's funny too, if you think about it. <laughs> it's called pulling a shinkai. It's like it's it's very Miyazaki esque if you think about it, which is what all these animators and it these is. directors want to be like, right? Oh, it is. It's very Miyazaki because it's like, hey guys, I'm re- retiring. And yeah. It's like, uh, right, well, okay. Uh, let's put our article up on Dorkly about how. Miyazaki's retiring, and he's like, JK, "Yeah, guys, back. <laughs> yeah, you guys think I'm retiring? Seriously, I'm not retiring until I'm fucking dead. So get ready." I don't, I don't think I favorited it, but there was that like one tweet of the Miyazaki cat that constantly wants to go like inside and outside. You ever see that one? I did not see. No, that. so there's that this is. artist, and he, like I, I don't know this artist, but they, they drew the uh, they drew Miyazaki as a cat. And Miyazaki constantly wants to like be outside, and then he's like, "No, I'm I'm back in the house." And he's like, oh, "I want to go outside." <laughs> he's like, "JK, I meant I want to stay in the house." <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the Miyazaki thing is worth mentioning because two things, right? One is that everybody 
in like the press calls Shinkai the next Miyazaki, which I think is sort of funny because he's his he makes movies that are very different from Miyazaki's movies. But now he's the next Miyazaki because he made a movie that's like, you know, makes bank, which hugely, is the important part of being Miyazaki. Hugely director <laughs> now. That's that's yeah, the yeah. important part. But the other thing is that he is actually a it's, it's funny because his movies don't often feel like Miyazaki movies, but he is like a, obviously everybody's a fan of Miyazaki except for like heartless idiots. But he's a particular fan of Miyazaki. And, and as we noticed uh, at the Otakon where he premiered um, Children Who Chase Lost Voices, it that movie just feels like a mix of Castle in the Sky and uh and like nausicaa and stuff and people ask him what are your influences and he's like oh castle in the sky is a really big influence and we're like oh god yep. damn it you're just trying to make castle in the sky <laughs> so uh it that's also notable because i think your name has elements of that right a lot of the the stuff related to like the shinto mysticism and this this glorification of the countryside over the city feels very very miyazaki this right, right. very traditional humanist way of of you know focusing on I guess it's maybe not humanist in the classical sense because it involves supernatural elements, but but focusing on a maybe more like down to earth sort of sense of humanity. I really right? loved uh, Shinkai's personal comments on the movie. Like once it started getting like ultra successful, where he was like, uh, "I don't want anybody else to watch this movie. Um, it's getting way too out of hand. I don't think it's healthy anymore <laughs> for people to continue watching this movie." Interesting. Uh, so he, I I think he's trying to like kind of distance himself away from it because it's a little spooky that it's gotten to this level i don't think he was personally ready for it to to for him to like shoot off into like you know the number one most profitable director now i hadn't heard that quote but that's that's interesting it's i'm not totally surprised because as much as i sometimes think he misses the mark i think shinkai like you know he does a lot of these things that is like the same thing over and over right but I think he has a, a fairly sophisticated kind of social uh, angle to his work. Like, I think he's I think he is trying at least he doesn't always succeed, but he's he's trying to, like, tackle things that are not super black and white. Yeah. Right. That like like five centimeters is, I think, his most successful attempt to do that. And I think Garden of Words tries to do this. I sometimes don't think it works, but he's like he's he's trying to tell like with five centimeters, right? He's trying to talk about romance in a way that isn't just like, here's a romance, get lost in it, right? It's like, think about it. Think about how this how this operates. And like uh like Garden of Words operates in a similar way, right? Like it's 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 really sort of to use the D word, it's I'm not using it in the way that most anime fans use it. He is trying to deconstruct uh... romance in a sense, right? I'm not, I'm not using uh, that in, like, a genre deconstruction. Ava is a deconstruction way. But like, in, in the sense ears. that he's trying to examine... He's trying to examine how it works and, and, you know, some more, like, sort of edge cases or whatever of, like, you know, not not just the sort of standard way that this operates, right? And that's... It's interesting. And, like, I feel like your name is maybe, like, trying to do some of that with, like, you know, 311 and, and the, you know, idea of, like, death of small towns and stuff. And, and it's very possible that Shinkai sees all these people seeing it and he's like, crap, are they just seeing it as wish fulfillment? Because I was trying to do something else here. Yeah. That, right? that D word like, is like that'll give me some acid reflux. <laughs> Man, okay, uh, oof, gotta gotta calm down. I gotta bring it. Gotta bring I, it down. It's I like had, a lowercase. I had a point. I had a point to make, and then you <laughs> dropped the D word on me, and it just—I told you my brain melted out of my ears. 
uh, I, I had a thousand needles driven into my heart. Um, the point. Uh, I, 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 I really uh, felt as if a million voices suddenly cried out and were suddenly well, silent. No, I feel like I've got a million voices just screaming into my ear. The D word. Okay, so my point is that Shinkai is a considerably young artist, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, Miyazaki was what? Yeah, we call him the young yeah. Shin. Uh, so, <laughs> Miyazaki was, like, what, 80 years old when he made Nausicaa, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <Shit>. true, right? <laughs> mentally, yeah, mentally I think he was, he was 80 years old. Uh, okay, so he was, he was already physically looking like the, like, Colonel Sanders by the time that he made Nausicaa, <laughs> is what I mean. Um, and he was working on, what, like, 30 productions before he got to Nausicaa? Consider, yeah, he, he paid consider, his dues. Yeah, consider that Shinkai, this is him still paying his dues. So... Well, he's, he's paying his dues with, like, just, you know, uh, checks for a million dollars. Yeah, well, things move a lot faster now, is another thing. It's not, you know, these aren't the 70s or the 60s anymore. So maybe that's why Shinkai is really spooked, because he's kind of advanced maybe 20 or 30 levels, like, just too, just too quickly... Like he didn't, he paid. He paid his. He didn't grind at the yeah, lower he pay, levels. He paid yeah. his dues, but he kind of he like he confronted the one like ultra, like over leveled uh, rare encounter, and then he yeah. actually won. Look, and then, look, Sh- Shinkai Shinkai is fighting Ganon with the stick he picked up on the plateau, <laughs> right? He's like he's like, oh shit, I'm not ready for this. I don't have any yeah. armor. I'm literally just wearing I'm I'm wearing like Shulk the, the thing, costume the, right now. Yeah, and I the have thing is that Shinkai is just so inhumanly good. He realizes, wait, I can actually do this. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, A notable difference in this one from his previous work is that the the character designs are considerably more traditional anime character designs. Like his his previous work has. Uh, you know, gotten better and better. His designs in Voices of a Distant Star are, like, kind of not good. They're pretty flat in a lot of ways. But, you know, he's he's worked with more and more, like, professional designers and stuff. Uh, but but this one's notable because it's, like, super anime designs. It's, like, well, I, I should say, like, within the bounds of reason. Like, they're, they're fairly, they're somewhat okay, realistic, yeah. but they are... Tradi- I'd say traditional anime designs. I don't mean anime in the sense of like super. Yeah, when flashy. you say like super anime, I think like yeah, just yeah. some generic seasonal TV anime. Yeah, but but th- I mean the designs are from a guy named Masayoshi Tanaka, who is very notable for being the character designer of Anohana and Toradora. And if you've seen any of those shows, it's pretty readily apparent that like, especially I think Anohana, because I think those are his original designs for Anohana. That like the designs are very similar to the ones in in your name, and they they look, I'd say closer to like Anohana than they do to previous Shinkai designs or, or Shinkai works where he worked with other designers, and that to me like is part of the polish that's put on this movie because his background work has always been phenomenal. That's like where Shinkai is is at his best, right? The, the super intricate. Uh, I, I describe them as hyper real. Right. They're like they depict a a very kind of uh, very precise depiction of of real life in terms of the sort of shapes of things. But then like the colors are sort of exaggerated. Right. 
and so you get this this hyper real uh background art it's just that often his characters are kind of flat and lame looking on top of that and and it kind of works in some ways because it lets the locations shine over the characters and here the characters are way more prominent like uh, sometimes i didn't even pay attention to the backgrounds because the characters are much more uh center stage they move more and in more interesting ways the only shinkai design that really sticks out to me is the one for the teacher in garden of words which isn't him that's uh another designer well yeah yeah forget that then (laughs) forget that notion uh, then none of the none of Shinkai's designs really stick. Yeah, out. but it's, I mean, a, a design from a Shinkai movie. That's I'm I'm checking my notes here. That's Kenichi Tsuchiya, who's also an animation director on on Your Name. So a lot of the animation directors that he got for this movie had worked on like one or another of his previous movies. Um, so there's there's still some like influence there, right? The animation directors are doing corrections on on keyframes and stuff, and so there's some amount of continuity with his other movies. But Tanaka's work like feels very different, and it it absolutely makes like the characters stick out in very different ways. They're a lot more defined, and they have a lot more like I'd argue a lot more like shape and definition to them as opposed to like sometimes his designs are a little more flat in some of his other stuff. Right, the characters don't really stick out the way that a lot of the background art does. Uh, and similarly, like man, the character animation is like it's it's really great. <laughs> Uh, I was like, I was so surprised to see that in a Shinkai movie that the that I was actually caring about the character animation and not just the yeah. the backgrounds, right? <laughs> but especially in the body swap portions, it's pretty fantastic. There's a lot of great, Ooh, uh, a lot of body language like, work. Yeah, a lot of like great character acting where the it's very clear which character is inhabiting the body based on their their body language. A lot of it's pretty oh, yeah. traditional stuff that you'd expect. It's like whether the character is like sitting in their their chair yeah you know in a more like timid looking way or just more like flamboyant right and that's like whether it's mitsuha or taki there's a so much personality in there and it's it's because like if you're doing that you need to exaggerate it right and they do a very good job of exaggerating like the femininity or masculinity of the characters to show which one is inhabiting their body and like there's a lot of good work later too but and you know what? it's because it's cartoons you can do right, that sort right. of stuff yeah, it doesn't look silly when you do that in a cartoon. <laughs> and also, the weird thing that's in there is that crazy psychedelic uh, kind of montage sequence partway through the movie. Or it's near the end, I guess. Maybe it's in like the, the last third of it. There were like three of them. No, specifically. So we're going to talk about the montages. But uh, specifically, I'm talking about the uh, the part where it's kind of like screen goes white and there's a the the comet but it's all like in in like negative colors and stuff and then there's a there's like this sort of flashback to when mitsuha was like a when she was a kid and stuff with her dad and it's all got this like pencil animation thing going on a part part of its pencil animation part of it is like just a post-processing effect uh but it it's like very different from a lot of other stuff that i've seen shinkai do it sometimes actually reminds me a little bit of the nausicaa flashback scene uh, which is like again like he's just doing miyazaki uh, but it's i was surprised to see something that like psychedelic because again shinkai is not a surrealist most of the time he's, no. he's very much yeah. uh, like it's about this hyper reality not about surrealism or or like expressionism necessarily right 
Uh, so yeah, I don't know which anim like I don't know which animator did that or or if there was a particular animation director who pushed for that. But I mean, I kind of liked it because there's a more supernatural element to this movie than some of his other stuff, and I, I thought it it created a, a sense of something otherworldly that that worked pretty well compared to like I mean, Five Centimeters I guess has some surrealism to it, but but that movie works well because most of it is pretty realistic, right? Same with Garden of Words is like hyper just all realism there's nothing supernatural at all (laughs) yeah so speaking of montages the other very notable Mm. thing is that shinkai does this goddamn thing in every movie not or a lot of them at least where he's like okay i gotta get this thing moving what if i just put a song in and then i put a montage on top of the song and i'll just do a music video because music videos are easy music to some degree is like a sort of easy thing for a filmmaker because it like the music has built in emotional kind of power to it. Right. And like, if you set something to music, it's going to kind of work on some base level. You got to like know how to, you know, set the stuff to the music. Right. And some people are really good at that. And some people are bad at that, but it it can be kind of a crutch and it kind of works fine in other Shinkai movies because he does it like once. And it's like end of five centimeters. He does this music video thing. It's like, okay, it's sort of the, the, you know, big, like final push of the movie this is what we were leading up right it works because it's this compressed version like the the movie sort of speeds up as it goes starts really slow gets a little bit faster and then has this really compressed music video thing at the end so that's fine there are what three or four montages in your name yeah it's like they just let him go ham just like do whatever you want man there were there were three or four movies in your name right so (laughs) i don't know what you're complaining about evan it just it just makes sense they they break up the pacing of the movie and the pacing is otherwise pretty good but it's just sort of like okay we're just dropping into a montage in the middle of this okay like and a music video montage like they're they're they don't feel this is hard for me to describe exactly why but i i distinctly remember them not feeling like this sort of smooth in and out montage like montages sometimes are in movies like they felt very abrupt where it's like okay cut to shinkai's music video and then we'll cut back to the movie yeah well because they like all those songs go like right into like you know like you know like this pop rock guitar sort of thing they're they're like these pop punk things or whatever right right i mean they just hit you over the head with it some people didn't like the music i i thought the music was okay it's it, it is a little bit too abrupt like the music itself doesn't work as like a transition there's the, yeah, I could get into the details of that, but if I remember correctly, I think the part of the problem is that they're not like in a tr- traditionally, if you do a montage in like, I don't know, like a Hollywood movie or something, you would have the music sort of kick in before the montage starts and then cut to the montage. And I feel like if I remember correctly, Shinkai kind of just cuts to both at the same time. And so it feels like a separate thing, right? That, anyway, that's a hard transition. That's a real hard transition. So the worst one though, like those are just those are like ugh that's annoying. The worst one is there's a goddamn anime OP at the beginning of the movie. There was. Why? Why does the movie have an OP? Hmm. And I to be clear, I'm not talking about like a credit sequence at the beginning, like the way a lot of movies do, right? And then this is not I'm not even trying to compare this to Hollywood movies, like anime feature films do not do like the one and a half minute song with the credits with the anime characters running like they don't do that in movies they may do a credit sequence with like a often more like tasteful you know maybe 
like maybe it doesn't have usually doesn't have like pictures of the characters it'll be like either something will be happening it'll be like the movie is actually starting or it'll be you know some sort of design aesthetic thing that's going on right uh in this case it is just an anime op it's like here are all the characters let's say hi to them one by one (laughs) all right and we got the credits rolling and we got the the theme song like well you know the the only way you could have made it worse is if the song were going like it's your name (laughs) we're swapping bodies we're trying to save the town from the comet it's your name evan miyazaki did tv anime too come on this isn't a TV anime, it's a feature film. Shinkai's not... Shinkai probably just doesn't want to do TV anime, but he wanted to at least have an experience with the uh, the the uh, ever-so-wonderful anime OP. It's, it's just a normal anime OP. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> Most of this movie, I'm like, ah, it kind of works. It's, it's pretty beautiful. It's it's fun. That part, I'm just like, kill it. Just get it. I want it, I want a, uh, the not, I want the Evan cut, not the director's cut. I want the Evan cut where just the anime OP is taken out. <laughs> just cut that. Would the movie be any poorer without it? I don't think so. <sighs> it would be, yeah, it would be better without it. Oh, my God. Um, I think a lot of the stuff that's in the OP is like it's covered inside in the movie. Yeah. Like you don't really you need don't to need like, it. rely it on it. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> it comes up uh, later anyway in a more sensible fashion. Yeah, it's it sucks. It's the worst part of the whole movie. Um, it, it must have sucked because anyway. I didn't remember it until you mentioned it. And I'm like, yeah, that I, actually happened. I was happened. freaking out in my seat when it happened. I was looking around like, am I going crazy? Are we watching the right like reel <laughs> in here? <laughs> I was like, are we watching a trailer for your name, or is this the actual movie? <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Okay. We've we've talked about this for a while, uh, and I kind of was supposed to read these questions, but I forgot to. So here's some questions that we got from our our lovely, beautiful fans or listeners. I don't know if they're fans. All of them are gorgeous, very successful, and uh, we love them. So at sign Joe Beard Seven. A lot of other Joes with beards on Twitter. Six others, says, at least. Do you guys think, popularity, box office-wise, this will go down as Shinkai's biggest hit? Can he top it? <sighs> yeah, probably. In 20, 30 years. I think he'll top it. I think I think when he gets, like, the undeniably uh, Academy Award-winning movie out of him, uh, that'll be the one. Uh, I, I think he'll top it in part because of, like, the business the business side of things is what i'm thinking about it's just like when this happens everybody wants a piece of chinkai he's gonna get a lot more opportunities to top it and he's gonna get a lot of budget to do it with right so like it's you know it's it's his game to lose right at that point but i mean he i think he'll be given a lot of opportunities to do it and i think he's got a you know he's pretty young he's got a lot of opportunity to polish and probably make things that are even more maybe you know, stuff I'm not going to like, but it, that's going to be palatable to a large audience. Question is, will it be as horny as your name? It'll probably be more horny. I, I feel oh. like if that's the if that's the criteria we're talking about, right? Oh, wow. I don't know. I don't know if I can I feel like that. as his movies have gotten more horny, they've gotten more popular, right? Garden of Words is, is hornier than five centimeters. Yeah. yeah. Is that more popular? Oh, maybe it's not. I actually, I like you know, it more. I'm, I'm making that up. I I've know. liked I've liked these movies the more that the horny the uh, they've gotten. Yeah, I, I thought I remembered that like Garden of Words did better than five centimeters or at least got more buzz, but I'm not in Japan and don't know these things for sure. Uh, <laughs> next question from at sign and on Twitter. 
is this movie better or worse since the protagonist's ending was different than his other movies? I think I liked it. I prefer that ending. Well, I like it more because they banged at the end. I like it less uh, because they banged at the end. Uh, they shouldn't have banged at the end. Or or it should have just gone unsaid, right? You didn't even need the like. I I think you didn't need to see them meet in Tokyo at all. Not not to mention the fact that it undermines the whole saving the small town culture thing by the fact that Mitsuha and her friends all moved to Tokyo. But uh, that's a whole different issue. Uh, but yeah, like it's just that it it's too on the nose to see them meet up, and I feel like Shinkai is capable of being better than that Ooh, you and know, do something more subtle. <laughs> you know what was like the most on the nose scene for me? Because you had, you had your whole bellyache about the anime OP, right? So the thing that was so on the nose for me was that, uh, Taki, when he's an adult, um, he, he still keeps up with all of like his, his, uh, his friends. And one of them is the, uh, is that older like coworker that he that he was initially interested in and they decided that things were going to work out. So <laughs> the most on the nose thing for me was when she's got her line where she's saying like eventually oh. you will meet oh. somebody and then the, she like brushes her her hair with with her hand and then you see that she's got the engagement ring on. Yeah, yeah. Remember that scene and it's like it's such a like f- like the fetish just fetishistic detail on the ring is like oh come on shinkai come on do this a little bit like more you know a little more subtle man come on got two more questions about your name at sign mad duck five four on twitter asks isn't that just mad duck mad oh it's mad that's um mad listen, duck. listen you got to do that camel case or i'm not going to recognize that would either of you drink the trine made in sake and if so what would you pair it with so this is Absolutely. the sake that they make in the movie by uh, using their saliva, which is something I actually learned about through Moyashimon for my science and anime panel. I have a clip for that, the one I do with Vinny. So I don't drink. The answer is no. He doesn't drink. Um, and I do. So absolutely, without question. Yeah, come on, David. Um, totally where can that. I get some? And I would pair it, I guess, with some edamame or some like uh, some grilled eel. Okay. Solid choice. Yeah. Uh, at sign Hazukari asks, how wrong is it to write your name body swapping doujinshi? Okay, it depends on the kind of angle that you're going for, really. It just like with any doujinshi, it depends on, I guess, your your, your level of, uh, would it be, well, would it be sympathy for the characters? Empathy? Which, which pathy do I want to use here? Uh, I don't know sympathetic characters you want some sympathetic characters when i think if you're gonna write a, a body swapping doujinshi related to your name because i mean you could write some like really fucked up stuff where it's like you know these characters go off and they don't uh, apply the rules or anything and they're just you know banging anybody that they meet on across the street and then they swap back to their original bodies and then they've got a, a very serious uh legal issue on their hands <laughs> Oh my god! So okay. you could go for like a really dark angle where it's like, oh god, what what happened? Let's not put either David or Hazu in charge of the Dojinchi factory. I'm not. I'm saying I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't write that. I felt like that would be a little bit distasteful. But people will write it. I mean, I think probably <laughs> the most boring and obvious choice is to just go for like uh, when they actually do meet at the end of the movie. 
and then like oh well like the, it triggered the body swapping again so then you know they're just like thinking like oh i'm in your body now while i'm that's, banging that's, you yeah the, the tasteful one is you just have the two of them having sex but they're like body swapping while they do it or something that's it uh we've got a question uh, we got two of these i'm gonna pick the first one that he sent we have a question from inaki via email good morning boys evan why do you hate ghost in the shell innocence david back me up here anarchy alive in the wire inaki why do you hate innocence evan i don't hate innocence innocence is hate is a strong word yeah, hate and is... you don't seem to hate it you just seem to find a lot of things that don't agree with you with it i don't like that the detectives these hard-boiled detectives sit there and quote like philosophers for most of the movie it's like really togusa togusa you're like <laughs> quoting milton or something Are you kidding me <laughs> togus has never read a book because books don't exist anymore because it's a cyberpunk well, future like i mentioned like i mentioned it in a uh in an earlier agp uh one of them uh quotes dawkins like <laughs> richard dawkins so mm, innocence may have not aged so well in that regard it's also just like it's got a bunch of really slow parts to it it barely has motoko in it and motoko is cool and that's i'm sort of just disappointed I, that she's not in it except for the end you know the slower the film is the more uh sophisticated i feel i felt really classy at the end of watching innocence <laughs> right so so to to be clear that there's a lot of really slow stuff in the first ghost in the shell but i feel like it contributes to the the atmosphere a lot better than the really innocence. slow stuff in the is there stuff you consider slow in the first one yeah like like the the rain sequence is, is like kind of slow in the sense that like nothing happens it's just establishing it's a bunch of establishing shots but it, it's good i love it right the 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 well there's a name for that the rain sequence in the first movie it's and, not like challenging well i don't mean challenge i just mean it's slow in the sense of like it there's not well, action happening all the time slow challenging <laughs> goes hand in hand with slow what do you mean well i mean consider watching innocence like that's a challenge for most people yeah but i mean in innocence is slow and boring is the point like and part of that is also like the too much too much lame looking cg so like when he stops when he when he slows down to do the establishing shots and when he re recreates the rain sequence like it's boring because nothing looks cool it all just looks like lame <laughs> like low budget cg <laughs> but there are parts well, of it that are yeah. that look really good there's some really good action scenes interspersed in there uh the the you gotta admit that final uh that final action piece at the end is really good. Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of the action is good. The detective work is pretty good. Sometimes, like, again, like, oh, she gets into too much weird uh, surreal stuff rather than, like, just doing, you know, more straight-up detective work with the characters. But uh, it's it's not bad. I mean, it's, well, it's kind of bad, but the detective work isn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, the, there's elements of it I like. I think it's it's way weaker than that first movie like by a long shot i think that it's just that that first movie is a lot more easy to to watch yeah i think, I think they both i think that they both have their uh their fine points i, I can know. accept them as a whole package yeah i don't know about that there's a lot more basset hound in the innocence that's for sure yeah yeah, yeah. i like basset hounds Oh, really? Uh, let me introduce you to a friend of mine. His name is <laughs> Mamoru Oshii. 
All right, that's uh, that's the last question we got. We got got a couple more in the, in the pipe, but uh, those will be for a future episode. Thank you for listening. Do you guys want to send us an email? Do you want to ask us a question? Do you want to uh, pester us about something that we said? Do you want to correct all of the very many factual inaccuracies that we stated on this Your Name episode? Send us an email at podcast at anygamers.com. Also, you can tweet at us. I am at sign Vampvo, V-A-M-P-T-V-O. David? I'm at sign QX20XX. And you can also tweet at the official Anygamers account that is at sign Anygamers, one word. And that's where we post uh, calls for questions uh, when when we're looking for all these Twitter questions for the episodes. I'm also on Mastodon. Sure, why not? Follow me there. My <laughs> main, I have like five accounts on Mastodon, but the only one that actually matters is uh, vampvo at mastodon.social, unless I guess you want to follow me on powoo.net, which I also have an account on. But uh, So that's the same account on yeah. there. But powoo is kind of interesting. It's the Pixiv mastodon instance and so there's a bunch of people posting like pixie of art and i practice my japanese on there by posting only in japanese and i'm uh caro.ccsakura.jp slash at sign 20xx on mastodon yeah why not that doesn't work out that's like that's not really like <laughs> that's tough mastodon is dumb it's a little silly <laughs> um i'm doing some development work for it so i'm also sort of invested in trying to get people to to start using it you can also Check us out on anygamers.com slash podcast, which is the podcast page. It has all the episodes. It's got show notes and descriptions and links. It may, might arguably have better podcast episodes than this one, although I think this one's pretty okay. It's, it's all right. That's what we do every episode. We're like, I think this episode went okay. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music. And I'm starting to post stuff on a new place, so check us out on SoundCloud. The SoundCloud is soundcloud.com slash Podcast. We'll see if anybody actually wants to listen to anything on there, but I figured it's another place for people to check us out. And uh, you know what I should mention? We got a page on Facebook. I'll try to link to that. But I'm starting to try to solicit questions on there too. So like us on Facebook. Man, we are. And uh, come hang out and post on that page. hella online these Extremely days. Extremely online. Just all, uh, just on the, there's a lot of lines. We're pretty much on all of them all the lines we're not online though well we are online we are individually private. online but not collectively online uh line messaging app is what we're talking about <laughs> uh, also go to anygamers.com to read our articles i wrote a review of a movie you might have heard of called your name so if you were listening to this and you're like i'd like to hear evan reiterate all these things that he said but but i'd like to read them instead then go check that out and David reviewed Kizumonogatari Part 3. We also talked about that in our last episode. So if you're new to the podcast, go check that out in the show as well. And we got other stuff. I think I there's an old interview I need to post. So it'll probably go out in the next week or so. It's like an Otakon interview that we didn't publish. <laughs> we have like two old. of those that we didn't publish. <laughs> and I'm writing sometimes for Otaku USA Magazine. So check that out. I don't think I'm in the latest issue, but hopefully in a future issue. Got anything new on your blog, David? um i'm actually drafting out some idea for a new post so look out cool all right and uh that blog is that's qx uh 20xx.tumblr.com and i made a game for ludum dare as i mentioned before so go play that link will be in the show notes if you want to check it out it'll only take you a minute because it's dumb and very short and Come to FanimeCon in san jose california may something around 24th 26th 
that weekend. I will be running a bunch of panels, including science and anime, how anime gets made, uh, possibly the rise of CG anime, a, a video history of anime, a lot of other panels with anime in the title. Uh, and I'll be at Anime Next the weekend after that. I'm not sure which panels I'm running there because they haven't all been confirmed yet. And then two months from now, uh, I'll be at Anime Expo on, uh, I think, June 29th. I'll, I'll be there, for too. For the... Yeah. Yeah, and Evan's gonna be there too. No panels. Uh, I'm gonna hit up. I'm gonna hit up the massive Idol concert on the 29th. So, yeah, should be good times. All right. Thank you for listening. Thanks, David, for putting up with me for a while. <laughs> I put up with you for the rest of my life, Evan. Dang, it's very romantic. That's commitment. Wow. All right. <laughs> Later. Bye. This time, I'm going to do the intro not at light speed. Last time I was like, Welcome to the Anagus Podcast! (laughs) Calm down, you weirdo. It's not good to, like, do that on radio, so... (laughs)